Well, hello, everybody. You're listening to the Woodworkers Podcast. I'm Ben Brunick, and I'm joined, as always, with Philip Morley and Ramon Valdez. How you guys doing tonight? Hey, doing great. Really good. A little tired. Just got back from Vegas, but hey, <laughs> I'm not really complaining. Wow. Well, we've also got on on the um, on the show tonight a, a guest host or a, a guest, Caleb James, um, uh, from Greenville, South Carolina, uh, chairmaker, toolmaker. Uh, we just found out bonsai tree. Um, I don't know. I don't even know what, what, you what, 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 what is that bonsai tree grower. <laughs> lover. I, I, yeah, lover. That's that's what I like. Hey guys, bonsai tree lover, Nur- nurturer. <laughs> I'm sure there's a legit name. Hey, good good to have you, Caleb. Hey, it's great to be here, guys. Uh, been looking forward to it. It's uh, look forward to the chat and what we get into. Yeah, Caleb was nice enough to come on. Um, uh, Caleb, we've we've met a couple of times at um, oh at the different shows. I mean, as much as as much as you can actually meet somebody at one of those at one of those shows. I think I you know we we met at Woodworking in America and have talked on the phone a couple of times through Instagram. Um, but uh, yeah, Caleb was nice enough to to come on, and we just wanted to talk about you know the things that that Caleb's doing. Um, so I don't know. Great to have you, Caleb. Yeah, hey, it's it's great to be here. It's uh, it's nice to finally get to to chat with Ramon and Phil here, and and uh, I've been watching your guys' stuff for a long time, so it's okay. cool. Likewise, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Love love your stuff, and man, I'm just interested in getting into like kind of where you started. And I know Ben will probably have some direction to take this, but I'm looking for your Instagram feed, and I've been following you for a while. But you are a man of many many skills. <laughs> it's impressive. <laughs> Yeah, the my wife likes to call me the hobbyist. So yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, <laughs> I have a, I have a never-ending list of things that I want to explore and uh, make and well, you know like just learn about. It, though you know that's the cool thing is it, it seems like yeah you did I mean tool making, chair making, I mean and everything in between. But you've you've mastered them. It, it's what it looks to me. It's uh, definitely not hobby stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, yeah, it, it's it's the obsession, you know. It's it's one of these things that I uh, I I can't turn off. So I don't know if I would say I, I've mastered it. I just um, I just delve into it and um, just keep analyzing it, right. and breaking it down, and seeing where I can take it. And mostly for me, it's just I want to learn. You know, I love it's that it's that childlike exploration cool. that that kind of drives me. So that's awesome. Yeah, what I, that seems to be a common, um, you know, with a lot of the woodworkers, especially the ones that are successful, is that they're just curious and they're, they're you know, they even if they're teaching, they they feel like they're students. Right. They're always learning. They're passionate about it. Uh, I read somewhere that you were um, influenced by uh, what's his name, um, Christian. Beckham. Yeah, yeah, and and a lot of your um, the Danish influence. Where did that come from? Oh man. Um... Well, you know, I would probably say it's somewhat even connected with, with, you know, the shaker stuff that Christian Bexfort was doing. Um, I think one, well, you know, it's, it's kind of your classic story. You know, you get married, you buy a home, you start acquiring woodworking tools because you don't want to buy the furniture. I mean, I feel like it's the most, you know, it's the cliche of how did you, how did you get into furniture? But, um, you know, that really was kind of the entry point for me. And, um, you know, just you know, looking online and looking at furniture that I was interested in, trying to find books that talked about the subjects and, um, 
uh, you know, buying fine woodworking magazine, right. uh, stuff like that. And, and I think one day I realized that all these fine woodworking, I wasn't a subscriber, you know, I'm going down to the Home Depot or whatever, buying the, the mag, the, <laughs> buying the magazine that was interesting. Yeah. And I think one day I, I realized, I was like, hey, all these articles that I like, um, you know, I probably had like 10 or 12 of them there. And I think like eight of them were written by Christian Bexford. And I was like, oh, this, this guy's cool. And what is he doing? Oh, you know what? This all happens to be Shaker furniture. This is what I'm drawn to. Right. Um, so I, I think that's, you know, when I talk about his influence on me, it was all through his writing, you know, through his articles. Um, uh, you know, unlike some of the other guys that have, uh, you know, I would say kind of mentored me along the, the way. Uh, I never met Christian. I never, uh, you know, I never sent him emails. We weren't writing letters or anything like that. But it his writings you know his books and uh you know whatever he was publishing that's all awesome. sure yeah and yeah. i think i mean heinz wagner had a huge influence is that i mean I, on the yes Danish modern stuff um which i just absolutely love uh the danish cord work you've done is beautiful yeah yeah well you know in the, in the interesting thing is that uh hans wagner his stuff uh, a number of his pieces were directly influenced by shaker design Sure. So, you know, it, it, you, and when you kind of look at it, I think they have a lot of kind of similarities there. There's not a lot of ornamentation. Right. Less, less um, is more, right? Less is more. Yeah. So it kind of makes it a little bit timeless, I guess. Uh, yeah, I don't know if that can really be applied, but that's the way I look at it. Classic, yeah. at least. I would say that's a good, a good way to look at it because these, a lot of his chairs, I mean, they really, I've seen them in many different settings and it, it never seems out of place, you know, and it just seems to kind of go well. With, with whatever style you have it's a, a really just amazing design uh just like you say it's 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 timeless it's it's not too crazy too funky that it's gonna be trendy for a little bit and then disappear you know yeah and and the, i think it also helps that a lot of his designs are rooted in other traditional uh pieces or designs so it kind of i think maybe whether or not we kind of realize it it's sort of maybe uh uh, connects there. There's something. There's something interesting about it, uh, or seems familiar, or seems appropriate. Yep. Uh, e even though it does have, you know, this kind of modern twist to it. Um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but you know, it, it, I think even when I first, I don't know if you guys are like me, but you know, I'm so connected with music. But I don't know how many times whenever I was, you know, in my teens or something, you know, you might hear a song, and the first time you hear it, you're like, that song sucks. And then the next time you hear it, all of a sudden you're like, man, that's my favorite new song or whatever. Uh, I, I, I think I probably felt like that with, you know, Smells Like Teen Spirit with Nirvana. I was like, what is this crap? You know, <laughs> this doesn't sound anything like Metallica. Uh, <laughs> but then I'm like, oh, I love this. But uh, yeah, so, uh, so I, I felt like that with Danish furniture. I remember the first time I saw the Wishbone uh, chair. It was kind of this weird thing that I was like, I don't think that's uh, why do they have that in this ad? It's, this chair's kind of weird. And um, right. the more you see it, the more I saw it and started kind of analyzing, uh, <laughs> you know, the paper cord, the, the woven seat um, that, you know, I, it, the curiosity kind of clicked there. And, where, uh, where did you learn to do the, the paper cord and the, the cane, the cane seats? You know, I, I, I would say, um, it's one of those things that I'm pretty much self-taught. I mean, I can't say that a hundred percent because I mean, nobody ever sat down and showed me how to, how to do the work. Um, but well, like for example, the envelope weave that they call it, it's basically the rush pattern. 
Um, you know, so I, I, I got a book on how to, how to weave the rush pattern. And there's some slight variations to it, the way the Danes do it, or at least the way uh, Hans Wegner did it. Um, and so I just looked at the piece and I said, hey, they must be doing it this way. And I would try it. And I go, well, that works. Oh, that's um, awesome. <laughs> and, um, you know, I was kind of like that. I'm sort of kind of the, the, the kid that I could look at origami. And I'm not going to say this 100%, but <laughs> I could look at something that was like an origami <laughs> folded piece of paper. And I could probably figure out to a pretty good level how to fold it myself. Um, and so gotcha. I would kind of do the same thing with weaving. Uh, I would just, and weaving is actually far more uh, or far less complex than, than trying to do something like origami. Um, but yeah, right. I would just, I just look at the piece and I would analyze it. I would try to find pictures of an antique piece turned upside down. Uh, one of my favorite things was, is finding uh, broken pieces of furniture in an auction somewhere. And because they would always break joinery or maybe the, the weave was coming apart. So it never failed the person that was auctioning it or what they would take a close up picture of that area. So I would figure out joinery. Oh, that's how the joint went together. That's awesome. Or reverse engineering. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that's pretty much what I was doing. And I would just scour the internet, Google images, and just look through stuff. I would, and I would figure out at some point, oh, that's the Danish word for chair. That's the Danish word for that weaving pattern. Um, and then so now I had a new way of searching and all of a sudden you would get all these, you know, new images coming up. And um, yeah, I, I would just, you know, kind of put it together cool. in my head, deconstruct it and then reconstruct it, you know, and then try it. Yeah. One thing one thing leads to another and it just never ends the information is just coming at you well that. and and when i started looking at danish stuff there was hardly anything on the internet about danish furniture uh, believe it or not it's kind of hard to believe uh <laughs> you know in the english <laughs> realm anyway um and so like the ch25 that that uh, lounge chair that i was recently uh weaving um literally i think i spent on and off about two years searching images before I figured out how to weave the chair, um, which seems wow. crazy w when I think about it. Um, you know, <laughs> gosh. Now, was this, uh, I mean, it, was this just chairs you were making for yourself or was this like a commission? Um, I mean, what was the driving force the, for it? Just wanted to know how Sometimes it. it would be a little bit of both. Um, I, of course, I started uh, building chairs before I ever started doing woodworking full time. Um, and from did you need did you need the 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 planes and the and the spoke shaves to do this work? And that's how you got into tool making. Yeah, or? so they did kind of go hand in hand. Um, not yeah. long after I started um, uh, doing woodworking full time, um, which was. Um, well, 2000, I, I started selling some pieces around 2009 while I was running another business. But 2011 is when I was like, hey, I'm going to do only this. And probably about a year or so into the work, um, I decided that I would uh, try to make some planes, some side escapement planes, in order to do a specific uh, joinery, a piece of joinery. On, on these Danish chairs. And so the funny thing is I, I was, I was, uh, I saw like a video uh, that Lee Nielsen uh, did, uh, you know, uh, Larry Williams uh, shows how to make these side escapement planes, hollows and rounds. Well, I actually never had any intention of making any hollows and rounds. I wanted to try to use that, you know, that concept and make some of these joinery planes. 
Well, as it turned out, I made a set of hollows and rounds. I never made these planes <laughs> that I planned on making. I figured up another method that worked perfectly fine. <laughs> but, cool. I, but I realized that, um, that there was something really intriguing about these planes. There was something really satisfying about fitting just three pieces together, a piece of steel, a wedge, and a block of wood. And I, I got uh, – I think I learned so much about how a plane functioned. After that, I could set up my own uh, Lee Nielsen planes even better. Uh, I could sh- I could sharpen. Sure, that yeah, makes I could sense. sharpen better. And um, I yeah, I was just really fascinated how you could take those three components and make a tool work so you know well. Um, right. And so, just yeah. even for my own uh, personal interest, I would I would make you know let's say I'd make a dozen chairs for a client, and then I would sit down for two or three days, and I would just make some planes. What could I make? What am I gonna? What shape? What profile am I gonna put on the sole? Could I sharpen it? Could I? You know, what could I achieve? And there wasn't even. I mean, even still, there's not a ton of information that tells you. Well, how do you place the profile on the sole? And how? Do you, so it was this exploration. Can I figure out how to make it work? Um, That's pretty exciting. What's in? And it's, I said it's pretty exciting to, yeah. to do that and and to have something of kind of that scale. Yeah. Uh, to me, that intrigues me to be able to really focus and, and just kind of explore on something that's that's small enough that it can sit on your bench. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like a big project that takes, you know, forever. And you know what? Understanding concepts or, you know, the way something works is really more important to learn before you try the technique because if you have that understanding, then your technique gets easier because it all makes yeah. sense. You can put it all together. Other, you know, rather than trying to tell somebody how to do something, if they understand the process and why it yeah. works or how it works, then they have a much better chance of being successful yeah. at the hundred percent, hundred percent agree. Yeah. yeah, that's 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 a great way of putting it. Yeah, and 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 I think that's what it was. I wanted to figure out what's at the core. You know, it's like a challenge. I guess some people want to do uh, crossword puzzles or, you know, something like that. Let's me a challenge was, can I figure out how this thing works? And not just like happen upon it, like, oh, okay, it works. You know, I just happened to get it right this time. I really wanted to understand this, all the little nuts and bolts and go, that's exactly it. That's why it works that way. Mm -hmm. And I can do that every time now. Um, That's all. Yeah. That's fantastic. The little coffin smoothers that you make are, are beautiful. Oh, thank you. Yeah, they're they're a delight. You know, <clears throat> they're a delight when you can get a. It's uh, same thing. You know, you get that that nice little rolling shaving, nice and thin, coming out, perfect surface. That that's the best <laughs> part of the tool. And I, and good thing is is that doesn't come too early in the process. If I got that early on in the process, <laughs> I would never finish the piece. I'd be like, I'm done. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm moving on. Yeah, it's over. So, and 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 there's something about I actually try to keep myself. I I know some guys, you know, they're they're doing it as a hobby, but as soon as they can get the 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 thing cut and get the wedge in there, they're already taking a shaving. And uh, I usually try to make myself wait. You know, do all the little details, polish the piece off. Okay, now I'm going to take that really sweet shaving. You know, Uh, nice. That's pretty awesome. Discipline. Yeah. Oh, it, it's it's not like that until I can get to production work. <laughs> if I'm doing it for the first time, I go straight to it. But <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, can't hold me back there. <laughs> the little bull nose plane you made—it's um, been a while, I think. Yeah, it was earlier in your feed when I 
I think that's right around when I discovered you. I saw that thing. I was like, man, that that looks not only is it beautiful, it looks very handy. I mean, there's always going to be situations where you need something like yeah. that. Yeah. Now, what is a bull nose plane? Is that you, like it makes a bull nose profile? Or well, I, I don't. I think they call it that mostly because it sort of has a short stub. It doesn't have a long toe on it. Right. So, uh, yeah, you're talking about the ones that I was casting, I think. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That, those were fun little, uh, that was a fun little venture and doing the casting and seeing, seeing where that would take me and what I could make with. That's what we were talking about earlier about you just doing all this, you know, this casting and, you know, caning. I know. Spoke shaves and, bonsai tree <laughs> <laughs> well you know i think i told ben i i figured out what it was is if if i can shape it or i can set it on fire i'm kind of interested in it <laughs> so <laughs> that, those seem to be the common elements you know um, <laughs> there's a lot of blue sky right yeah there. there's there's a lot to work with i'm in trouble yeah, I, <laughs> yeah there's a lot to explore now have you um would you say your business is mainly uh hand tools now or is it still like a pretty even mixture of uh, furniture and hand tools now, right now i mean it's prime it's it's primarily been tools as the bulk of my income for a few years now um okay. that's really cool. yeah I, I spent the first couple of years making only furniture really kind of before i stumbled into the woodworking world as i guess you know like the magazines and the, the people the hobbyists and the connection from right. that level um that's what kind of that's when i got connected with 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 all those folks is when my tool making really became something um before that it was just for me for my pleasure for my own interest um cool. yeah it, it's uh it, it just happened peter galbert has been somebody that has always been a um a mentor you know uh, an influence there and he invited me to a woodworking show and that's how i started selling uh, my tools that's awesome so that's where you were getting interest and and you know people were inquiring about your tools. yeah um yeah so i i would keep in contact with with pete and um uh we, we kind of ended up uh, i was i was working well not to go too much on a tangent but he he went to um, he was doing some teaching, some demonstrations at WIA. Uh, was it 2013, 2012? It was somewhere in there. I can't remember now. Um, and he and he was you know going to be teaching some classes. He needed somebody to work his booth. He calls me up. He says, "Hey Caleb, you ever thought about coming to WIA? Uh, why don't you come on up here? Give me a hand at my booth. Uh, demonstrate turning." So I was turning baluster legs for Windsor chairs, showing off his caliper, uh, the Galbert caliper, you know, for sizing your turnings and stuff. And he said, why don't you bring up your, all your planes that you make? Because I know you've been kind of curious to get some feedback uh, on them. And so I said, man, how old? Yeah, yeah, so I said, so- hey, awesome, man. Why not? You know, I'd, I'd love to come up. Uh, sounds like a lot of fun to me. And uh, I really did not expect much. Uh, honestly, mostly I was – threw it past my wife hey what do you think do you care if i take off for a weekend and go do this she's like sure go have fun you know and so for me it was mostly let's let's go have some fun let's go hang out let's talk woodworking uh because you guys probably know this you know 
it, how often do we get to talk to people who really kind of understand what we're doing, right? <laughs> That's why we do this. Why you do, That's the only right? <laughs> Nobody else that I talk to cares about anything I got to say. I, yeah. Everybody glazes over and cheese. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I, I wanted to go be a, around some folks that understood me a little bit. Um, yeah, so, um, so, you know, I, I just laid out my, my planes uh, on one of the back tables there. And uh, uh, next thing I know, well, a, a fellow who worked for uh, Lee Valley, I uh, can't remember his name now, but he was one of their reps, come by looking for Pete Galbert. Uh, didn't even realize it, but he sees my planes. Uh, a little shortly after that, he brings up a fellow that I later came to understand, Fred West. Uh, he, Fred comes up and he, and he says to Fred, he says, uh, you're welcome. And, and hands Fred off to me, sort of, and Fred bought a whole <laughs> slew of my planes uh wow that's yeah awesome. um yeah so, he, he bought almost everything i had <laughs> wow hold, hold on one sec caleb so ramon and phil do you guys know who fred do you know fred west do you know that name i i don't i've heard it but i'm not okay. i don't why don't, know. Why don't caleb why don't you I, explain who fred west was <clears throat> i mean he was kind of an interesting he's an interesting thing all in himself yeah. So, um, you know, and I'm probably not the best guy to, to kind of give you a little history of Fred, but, you know, in a nutshell, Fred was an absolute enthusiast for woodworking tools, uh, not just a, okay. not just hand tools, but, you know, all woodworking tools. And he just genuinely loved tools and the people that were interested in them, the people who made them. Um he was just probably one of your biggest advocates for wanting to see guys making tools be successful. And so what he, what he was known for is he might even see your stuff on the internet and say, Hey, have you ever thought about making this? Uh, you know, if you do, I'll buy your first one and he would buy your second one and he would buy your third one and he would do whatever he could if he believed in what you were making and that you had a skill for it. I've, I've heard of him. That's uh, it's Fred. I mean, that, that's the information that I had heard yeah. about him right yeah. there. His name is Fred West? Yeah, Fred West. Yeah. Don't Google that name. <laughs> yeah. Well, Fred, you know who comes up? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> a serial killer. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, not, yeah. not Fred. Yeah. Fred, Fred, passed, Fred passed away uh, four think... years ago, three years ago. Oh, yeah, uh, I think maybe uh, around 2014. Yeah, um, so he's a true pay, like he's a kind of like a patron. Like if he believed in the yeah. maker and stuff, he really wants to uh, support yeah. and help. That's, he, that's really like cool. the Medici, you know, like like here I'm I'm going to buy this to help to help get you right. your start, getting going, you know, kind of get right. you known. And he did a lot with Rainey and Conrad and a whole slew of other uh, folks, you know. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That is, and, cool. and you know, honestly, I have to say that's the reason you know I came away from that show going like, man, um, you know, maybe I should be spending some time uh, doing this. And right. um, uh, Deneb from uh, Lee Nilsson at the same show, you know, he came up and chatting with me and said, "Hey, would you like to come to some of our events? Uh, just come be a demonstrator. Just show up, man. We'd love to have you." And of course, you know, here I'm just, you know, punk kid trying to do furniture, make some, make some tools, uh, going, wow, I'm like, well, Lee Nilsson has asked me to come and, you know, demonstrate at their shows. They must be confused. 
That's awesome. So yeah, that was kind of that's really why I got into um, uh, doing tool making. Um, you know, and and then comment. You know, some reviews by you know, like Chris Schwartz gave me a really nice review on my beating plane. So just combined. Uh, something that I, I would I would have stuck with furniture. That, I think that's the only thing I would have been able to really do if it hadn't have been for uh, you know uh, guys oh. guys like Lee Nilsson and Chris Schwartz and Fred West and uh, Peter Galbert. Oh. You know, people wanting that's that's fantastic. Yeah, that's, I love I, it. I love hearing stories like yeah, that. Yeah, that's an awesome story. How, how crazy, right? Just you imagine like if you just didn't go that day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah but, cool. <laughs> but on but on top of it, you were also you were also blogging. Right? The, yeah, you true. Your WordPress blog. Mm-hmm. So it yeah, and 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 you, we could we can talk about some of your um, some of your selling that you were doing on on the internet. But yeah, I think that would be something to talk about. But but you had you had the blog that was going, so you had something that, like, not only did you had already maybe been introduced. Um, via the via your 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 blog to these folks, and now they're actually meeting you in person. That's so, true. Yeah. So it wasn't like it was just that that one event, and and right, you know, they're working the, towards it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There was more going there than than just than just the luck of the draw. Right. Yeah, I, I had been uh, I had been blogging. Um, I, I I honestly don't remember when I started blogging. I think it was early on when I started actually selling some stuff on Etsy. So maybe it was 2009, somewhere in there, maybe 2010. Um, And, you know, again, it was mostly my just kind of musings. Hey, this is what I figured out. And just it was almost more like a journal. Uh, I think if I would have thought people were actually reading it, I probably wouldn't have written anything, maybe. (laughs) You know, so... (laughs) Yeah, uh, yeah I, I, about about the time I realized people were reading it, I was like, I can't write this blog anymore. <laughs> yeah, pressure's <laughs> uh, on. Yeah, the pressure's on. No, uh, I just, but yeah, I, I really liked, and that was another thing, you know, when when I could, I realized that uh, if I could explain what I was doing, then I actually understood it. Uh, sure. And for me, that that, that was that's, uh, it was sort of a check yeah, on my work, you know. It's like, hey, yeah. check your math, you know. <clears throat> This was it was kind of my version of that. Hey, you think you know this? Well, you know what? Put it down. Write it down. Can you explain? Yeah, it? That, that's fantastic. Very similar to teaching. I, I always say the more you teach, the more you learn. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I think you can learn as much from a student um, as as you think you're imparting. Uh, no, no doubt about it. And it's sometimes you realize you don't what you don't know, and it's uh, it can almost be embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> or you learn or you learn or you learn something else or a new technique yeah. or a new or, or there's a new challenge yeah you know, you know? i remember i had so. a machinist in my class one time and it was fantastic he uh i was using some calipers digital calipers and and he just kind of looks at me this guy's probably like you know 70 years old in one of my classes and he goes you know you could just do this and i'm like wait what and he shows me the back side of the caliper mm-hmm and uh, you know the, the the different older i mean i knew there was like a bunch of different reference marks but this one reference mark i was like shut up yeah <laughs> i had no idea it's and great isn't it i use it all the time like all the time now it's ridiculous and i, I always think of him i'm like dude that's awesome yeah <laughs> and i put everyone in i'm like hey guys look at this look at this so i just i gave him the class for the day i'm like just show these guys some stuff it's <laughs> so cool it was really awesome yeah yeah <laughs> always 
always learning. Well, it's like you said earlier, like, you know, I said mastered it, and that's probably the wrong term to use because I know even the people that we idealize and, and look up to and, you know, think as the masters, um, most of them are just would tell you to not, you know, to tell you that I'm always learning, and I think that's probably the way it should always be. As soon as you think you know everything, you've stopped letting new stuff in. Oh, you know yeah, you're, I mean? you're done. You're done. You're done. Yeah. yeah that's it. Mm-hmm. And, in fact, I find that, um, you know, like uh, Curtis Buchanan is somebody else who's had uh, an influence on me. And, and in a lot of ways, less about maybe the woodworking in itself and more about the philosophy. And, you know, one of the things he, – he's, he's somebody that, you know, you would think has been doing it so long that he would stand back and just – talk with so much authority and and he does i mean gosh you can see what he does and just watch what he's doing and learn so much but he would be the first to tell you that uh how much he learns from his students just just little things and just a great example of somebody going like hey i do it this way but don't take it as though this is you know this is the only only way way to do it yeah yeah absolutely you know i love that there was a there was a girl in my class when I taught marketry classes, and she wanted to do something that was kind of crazy, and it was um, really advanced. To she wanted to do this shell, and it had a um, a bunch of colors in each section of the shell. And I'm like, okay, this is a you know this is a four hour class, yeah, <laughs> you know, twice a week, and and so I came up with a method where she could make these um, pre assemble these uh, strips of wood that were wavy put it all together and then cut her parts from that and through that development i've you know incorporated that technique uh into some of my marketry now when i do Mm. leaves the leaves will have different colors but they're not put in one at a time i make i make the background um multicolored to begin with and then use that and so i learned that from from you know from the challenge to help her figure out her situation yeah and so i love i love that yeah that's cool yeah, I I totally see that is is uh, a real value, and um, especially if you're trying to work out a design in something, I think whenever you get to teach it uh, and stand back and see other people do and analyze something, so many different um, have you know just have the opportunity because teaching gives you a different setting. It's not about production, right? right. You know, so mm-hmm. I think that's something fascinating that I'm wanting to explore <laughs> and that I haven't yet. Uh, seeing how how i could you know take advantage of that opportunity to teach and also develop designs and kind of refine refine things yeah something i haven't done you need to come to austin and teach at the austin school of furniture (laughs) is is that what the name of your school is shameless plug (laughs) hey you know what i come out and visit some family in houston uh uh, take a two-hour drive out maybe we can work something out Give us a year or so, so bring, we can actually get some tools. But <laughs> bring your bring your bonsai bring my trees. Bonsai trees. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. dog carrier case. <laughs> my bonsai is, water. Yeah. That is really awesome, man. Yeah, I, you know, I'm I'm listening and I'm also looking like I typically do, and I'm I really am just I'm like, man, you 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 do so much. <laughs> I'm like, I need to pull my finger out. <laughs> well we'll see yeah it's like uh talking to the uh i've got a buddy that does guitar making and that's who i'm like you know what i'm I'm carving these things and the funny thing is is i've got a guy making a mandolin for me at the same time 
that as I'm talking to him about it, I'm cutting out wood, descending wood, because I've been drawing, you know, I've got all kinds of wood that I'm drawing, a bunch of weird stuff that I don't make tools out of or any furniture uh, out of, but I just have it stacked up in my, my shop drawing in some, in some corner. And here I am, he's, we worked out a thing, he's going to make a mandolin for me. Well, as I'm cutting this stuff, I'm like, oh, you know what, I'm going to cut up a few pieces and maybe I'll just, you know, see what I can put together. And next thing you know, I'm buying plans. I've, I've got a, you know, a manual on making a mandolin, so... It's, just a, it's you know and and he's he's not even on instagram most of the time so but i think he peeked on there and he's like hey you're building a mandolin do you do you even want me to build you a mandolin i was like well there's no guarantee mine will make sound you know yeah right it might it might, it might make sound but not, not like you not a pleasing yeah sound. not a pleasing sound so I've always admired luthiers and, you know, because their craft is so meticulous and, oh, you know, the detail and the, you know, you're looking at it, you know, you know, from six inches away. And so that it has to be, you know, not only beautiful, but it has to be constructed uh, impeccably. So it makes that beautiful sound. you want Yeah. To do. yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. I, I had a friend he passed a few years back bill collins um and it kind of a friend through uh affiliation yeah. my my mentor knew him and you know he started his business like a lot of guys do just you know in their attic doing their thing but he builds some beautiful mandolins oh, and, and his yeah, company's they're incredible now, it's now big his company's right big now but what I was really impressed with is, um, oh, I forget the gentleman's name, uh, but he, he's been with him from the get-go, and he's the guy that picks out the sound. Mm, okay. And he took mm -hmm. me on a tour, and he just grabbed the pieces of wood, and he, I mean, he looked like a mad scientist, take up to his hand, he'd be like tapping yeah. it and tell you what sound. <laughs> I'm like, I'm looking at my mentor, Michael, I'm like, is he? is he screwing with me or like is he being for real and he's like oh he's being for real man he's been doing this for a long time and yeah. it was it's just you that's could make incredible. something beautiful <laughs> but it might sound like crap well know? that's what that's what's so fascinating to me that you know here it is uh, a material that is my material of choice for creating and crafting and there's an aspect to it that it's unknown to me this this wood sure. It's not it's not just solely structural or the way that it looks or what other tonal quality. Yeah, he, and now else. it's got this other aspect of how it can be it can be something that resonates a sound. Right. You know, that's kind of yeah. fascinating to go like I want to learn this part of my material and and that's and what I love about that is that every time you delve into a different craft, it it forces you to look at the subject from that point of view and then you can take that to what you do afterwards if you take oh. that back to you know it's like you can cut out whatever little segment that you learned from that and use it and it just makes right. you a more developed craftsman with with a wider range of cool. abilities to apply whatever you want to do you know right and, and that's that's how you get this evolution of craft and and advancement and um, different, you know, different crafts. They they bleed into yeah. each other, and you get these 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 new um, um, techniques. And you know, people, you know, that even just a few years ago wouldn't have thought of. Especially now with the with internet just going rampant with with information. It's it's amazing. Yeah, the the exchanging of ideas uh, accelerates uh, the development of stuff. And then you you think about yeah. all the knowledge that has been lost. 
just right. in a generation or two. You know, you, you, you take people who were, were coopering all their buckets and barrels and stuff. And then, yep. you know, what, if those people are lost. They didn't hand it down to somebody. Like how much information mm. because they didn't write it down is just gone and it has to be rediscovered. Um, that's yeah. pretty mind blowing to me in, in, in a way. Um, how much information is, has really probably been lost out there and that was so sophisticated at such a high level of craftsmanship. And then we try to make the same thing. It looks the same, but there's something missing that only right. comes from people doing it for generations and going like, hey, this, this is the way you do it. That's why you do it. Um, you can't do that on a CNC. No, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. And <laughs> well you know it's 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 the it's the whole the, the tool shaped object sort of concept you know once it kind of uh, these things that uh you can buy a tool but if it doesn't uh, it may look like the tool but there's something about it that's missing um mm. that makes it really function like the tool um you know and you could apply that to all sorts of uh, you know different sure. things right you know from growing food to whatever i don't know <laughs> right. i certainly, yeah, I certainly yeah. think that like from the luthier point of view, that the thing, one of the things that you can really gain um, from from kind of delving into that is the lightness of of like the pieces of how how thin and yet strong things are. I, I think oh, that would terrifying. totally, totally and come the, into and the tension. I think that would that I think that would totally come into chair making um, and furniture making when you're trying to make things that are strong and and yet and yet really light you know so mm -hmm. visually they're light and weight they're light also mm -hmm. um, i think a lot of those things would would um overlap absolutely yeah. yeah yeah um i think that makes me think of uh green woodworking you know i know that's sort of a term that's thrown out a lot but uh, you know working material from a log um i know i you know i've Actually, at one point, I, I think a lot of people thought that I made a lot of Windsor furniture when uh, and because, you know, I was connected with Pete and Curtis and, uh, you know, and their green woodworking, it, it, you know, and I never really made I've only probably made a handful of Windsor pieces for sale. But just spending time with those guys and learning how to take a log, rive it out, uh, you know, shave down your parts, work with material along the grain. Um, you know, it's, yeah. it's this, it's this process that's really so foreign to you when you started out, well, let's put a, you know, let's run this uh, board that's already been cut out of a, you know, let's run it across the joiner and let's put it through the planer. Those things are all sort of developed where they can to a large degree sort of ignore the grain or uh, you're not forced to really understand the grain direction all the time, you know, right? Where when you're working with a piece of green wood and just a blade that has no depth stop or no sole, like on a, you know, a draw knife, you have to go, well, here's the grain and I know exactly where it's at. Um, or how to, you know, even when you're using a hand plane, it's designed to make a flat surface. Well, you got a draw knife and you're saying, hey, we're gonna steam bend this part, follow the grain. And you're thinking, well, okay, I want to cut a nice flat surface, you know, and you got Curtis over there going like, why are you doing that? Follow the grain that this grain twist, it, it dips and you, you know, and if you follow that, once you steam bend it, well, it's like a piece of spaghetti sort of, that's an oversimplification of it. But, uh, you know, that piece of wood is taking on the shape that you're putting it to. What's important 
is that you follow the grain. Otherwise, it's going to split out mm. somewhere. And so, yeah. you know, and you can take that concept into now whatever you're making. Sure, you don't have to start with the green wood, but now I can make this component really light and thin because now even though it's kiln dried, I'm going to follow the grain to, to the greatest right. degree I can. Or I'm going to steam bend this part. Sure, it's not from a green tree, but I'm going to take this kiln dried piece of wood. At least now when I cut it out of that piece of wood, I know to follow the grain. Um, That's what I alluded to earlier when I was talking about, uh, you know, learning these concepts and, and understanding the reasoning be behind doing certain tasks, then your technique and your overall product just comes out that much. Better. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. At least you know why you're, why you're failing too. When, when, when you're failing, you know, <laughs> yeah, you're good point. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, uh, you know, yeah, like I, I think there's a lot of value. I think I wish every woodworker uh, could make, say, a Windsor chair or something, just even if it's just a format to learn wood at its core uh, from that state. I, I think everybody would really, uh, you know, oh, yeah. gain a I lot from it. Learn the fundamental characteristics. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I keep that. thinking, I'm like, one day I'll be able to take a class to someone and, you know, I... I and you know, and I, and I will one day, but it's there's so many classes, uh, you know, and so many different places I want to machine shop type classes. So many things I want to do, and it's getting the time to do it. But it would be so beneficial, um, you know, even if even if you are already a professional furniture maker, it's like there's always new skill sets to learn. Yeah, always, you know? for sure. It's yeah. never. And, I mean, it's, it's just. Yeah, I mean, Instagram's a great example. I mean, I go on Instagram and see all this stuff people are doing. I'm just like, wow, that's, yeah, it, it, it kind of humbles you, you know? It's like, okay, you, you, you know, you're good at certain things, but there's so much more to learn. Right. Um, Man, and you could spend a lifetime just delving into one aspect of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. Well, that's the thing, right? Like, you, you really want to really want to master one thing. It's, it's, it's kind of tough. Uh, you so you got to really focus and spend some time. Like you said, those certain crafts have been lost because they didn't write that stuff down, but they spent their lifetime developing their techniques, their skills. They didn't blog about it. They didn't Instagram it. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, I think it, I think it was also a slower development maybe because of that. Right. Um, in, in, in some ways, you know, sure. that's one advantage we have, you know, I, I, I do, um, it's difficult sometimes to still do this, say on Instagram or something like that, but just having an atmosphere where you can share the knowledge uh, with people that really value it and, and are going to put it to use. Um, you know, that's, that's, that's awesome. You know, when you can share something so simple. Uh, I remember Ben, uh, Ben, you put, you put a post up. And, and I know you even said, oh, I probably read this in a book somewhere or whatever. You weren't the one that came up with it. But even so, the fact that you shared, what was it? It was the, uh, the little guide for, you know, you can take your template on your bandsaw. This was a few years ago. And, uh, you know, you, you can uh, cut right up to the edge of your template with that guide. Or, am I explaining this very well? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now like we, need to, we, we need to connect to a video on this so people know what I'm talking about. <laughs> right. Oh, it's so simple. Been around forever, yet I'd never seen it done. And I was like, oh my goodness, that's genius. It's that's, so simple. Wow. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah Just, I mean, you see that all the time. Remote. There was a guy one time <clears throat> I was doing a show and he was, he was, uh, he did segmented bowl turnings, but his, his, his technique was so 
perfected from years. I mean, this guy was in his seventies and just from years and years of doing it, his joints were just, just perfect. And uh, there was some people there and somebody asked him how long this certain bowl took him to make. And he kind of looked at him, stared at him for a little bit. And he was thinking, he says, all my life. Yeah. <laughs> and he explained that, you know, he, he didn't learn to do that. Uh, you know, it didn't take him just the time it took him to make that bowl. He had been working on his technique and his craft all his life yeah. to achieve yep. that. And I, I thought that was just amazing. I thought, wow, I had never thought of it that way. But yeah, you're, it's not the, the time you put into a piece. It's the time you've put into your passion, you know, the, the learning and the, the failures and all of that to get to that. Yeah. Point. I thought that was really um, very interesting, uh, fascinating, really. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I know you guys would know this, uh, but you know, how do how do you calculate, you know, the time that it takes you to make something? Because yeah. um, <laughs> you know, a, a good businessman, you know, in a manufacturing <laughs> facility, right? Uh, and I've never claimed to be a good businessman. I've been in been self-employed since 03 so I, I guess I'm decent enough to keep food on the table but even so you know a great businessman would know exactly how much it, it costs yep. him to do everything how much time but you know when you got a, when you're doing this I guess it's a craft you know it's an art it's a business but I mean I, I just think about things like oh goodness you know like some of my spoke shaves are made from some pear and you know how long did it take me to cut that pear up Oh, you know, from these couple of trees that I found, I just happened to be driving down the right road at the right time when this guy's taking down some gigantic pear trees. I stopped, put everything on hold, go pick these up, cut them up, split them up, bandsaw them, put them in my kiln, dry them, watch them, my kiln for a month as I dry them. Then I take them up, you know, and I stack them and I get them all in their, their little bins. And then they're air drying for four or five years and I'm making tools out of them. Uh, how do you calculate that? Yeah, you know, how do right. you calculate? Oh, well, I got for the sole piece, I got it from a piece of uh, lignum log I got from a guy. Yeah, I drove a couple hours. He gave me a big section. I cut it up. I dry it in small sections. And then, you know, the, right. and then all the thinking about it, you know, well, you know, right before you go to sleep or, you know, you're driving down the road, putting all this thought into all these. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and, you know, that's what I tell people. I, I learned pretty quick. Um, I, I, I don't. I and I'm not a businessman like most furniture makers, but I do not sit down and put an hourly rate to things. Yeah. I put what I think it the value of it is. And it, it doesn't it doesn't work. You can't. It's not straight across the board. No, it's not always going to like, apply. Oh, I'm going to make. I mean, you know, if, if you're mass producing some, yeah. some chairs or something, well, that, and even you know, there's a there's a certain time and X amount of materials, then you can calculate it. But sometimes, you know what? This is the value. Yeah. Right. Because sometimes you do the piece and you're like, okay, I managed to calculate this. It took this long at X amount an hour of shop overhead. It's like, it's more than that. It's still more than that. It's the craft Mm -hmm. that you're putting into it. It's the artistry you're putting into it. So you don't undersell yourself. And I know that that I'm talking like I know what I'm talking about. I undersell myself all the time. But (laughs) it it is something you start realizing pretty early on. And it's funny because when I first started, I've only owned my own business for three years I remember I was telling everyone like well you know I, I calculate every single hour and the first job I did I made like a buck fifty an hour oh god <laughs> yeah I, I hear you man <laughs> and when I told like three or four other people that have been doing it for a while they just all said the same thing 
don't do that. Like, yeah, you have to know, you'll learn, you'll develop, you'll get better, you'll keep charging more. If you're passionate about it, you keep going and you do what you have to do. And, you know, I've always told my wife, if this is just turning into a hobby, I'll go get a full-time job right. as a phone for someone because yeah. it cannot be a hobby. No, and, yeah. And, and it is, you know, it's 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 work, but it's funny how I look back and I'm like, yeah, I have no idea. I just bid a job today, like for a guy, and he, he you know, jumped on it. And I was like, I, I mean, I kind of had an idea how long it's going to take. And I try to give myself a time frame, or my wife does, or else I'll take forever. But it's it's so difficult to value the time. You, you know, uh, kind of along that same line, but a little different tangent. I, I remember uh, someone saying at one point that you, 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 can, you can work, uh, you can play and you can rest, but you can't do any two of those at the same time. <laughs> and, um, and, and just being a self-employed person, I learned that I, I, if I applied that to my work, I did a lot better. And I, I found that that was uh, just even the right philosophy and my approach to work makes me more right. profitable and more efficient than, yeah. than sometimes – more, more productive. productive than sometimes all this uh, dollar analysis. Yes. Um, yeah. and, mm -hmm. and so I, I try to put into practice that like when I explore and I work on a new design, to me, really, that's play. It's not that's, yeah, it, that's the way I categorize it anyway. It, now, it, it can develop into something. But what, right. what I have to teach myself is I can't spend all my time playing in the shop you know so as soon as i hit as soon as i hit kind of a wall uh where it's not flowing so you know during a work day i might be working full-on work if i get a great idea okay now it's time to play as soon as, yep. as soon as i hit a roadblock i realize I the flow has been interrupted whatever it is i've gotten to the most out of it i can so I need to set that play on the shelf. So I'll literally take everything and put mm -hmm. it away or leave it out on another bench, whatever. Now I go back to work. And I, and I yep. let that thought cook. It, it, it's, right. it's, 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 it's the rotisserie. <laughs> and yeah. some, that's why sometimes things don't develop until like a couple of years later. I, off, I feel like I'm always saying, oh, this has been two years in development or something, you know. Um, but it's so important to do. I love that. I've never really thought of it that way as, as that's play. Um, but it is. It's so important to do. And and because you, know, you notice the difference in how you feel. I mean, you're like you're just inspired. You're you have these ideas that you want to figure out. And so it does. It feels like you're. And that, yeah, that's where new. new it's very enjoyable. New, new designs come from. Yeah, you know, that's where yeah. you can have that. And you don't have to press, and, and that's the problem. Like you say, I'm always busy, and I, I tried myself. I never really thought of it as play, but I love because it is. I, I just get so excited at that beginning of like a design stage. But I try to have a piece that I'm, I'm kicking around in my head, and I'll put, even when I'm busy and it doesn't seem like I'm going to stop getting busy anytime soon, hopefully. Um, but what I'm getting at is if I, if I say, well, when I'm not busy, I'll get to play and develop a new idea. Well, mm. you sometimes got to make the time to do that. And, yeah. I, and like you said, you put it up, you leave it, you come back to it. And that's, that's a great way to look at it is that that's the play time, you know, and it's kind of, it's kind of a bit of a guilt free, give yourself a little time to develop an idea. Yeah. And, and like you said, the guilt part of it is because you, you can't force being productive when you're exploring right. and that's when it becomes uh frustrating 
you know, yeah. so I, I just I just teach myself like, OK, hey, Caleb, you're going to give yourself a little bit of time to play here. Work on this idea. But you also have to be disciplined enough where, um, you know, you can turn that off and get back to work. And, and that's that's just part of being successful, I guess, business as a craftsman, as an artist, but also being able to make money, <laughs> you know, so you can yeah. so you can <laughs> right. keep doing your craft. Um, right. So that's what I, tr I try to categorize it. Though. And then the other part of it is rest. You know, if you're going to be successful at, at a business, you have to learn how to when to turn it off and say, yeah. I, I'm not working right now. I'm not, you know, whether it's Instagram or it's emails or phone calls. Uh, hey, I'm just chilling, man. We're having a good time. You know, I'm, right. I'm resting. This is my rest time. Yeah. I, I hear you. I just got back from Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't miss you guys one bit. <laughs> back, back to work, Ramon. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, you could take a week off. You want all that money. But you know what's cool is while you're driving and, you know, you have all this time to. Man, think. are you like me? Yeah. So you, your ideas just start like, no, oh, I can do that. I can That's do that. the best time yeah. to think. It really driving. is. Yeah. No, no radio. Mm -hmm. I just, I leave everything off and I just, I work things out and I get. I go bike ride. I get up, you know, around five thirty. Go bike ride almost every morning, and it's just for an hour. And it's more of a, a discipline, like I, for my health. Yeah, man, I that's awesome, I come Phil. I come back into the shop, and I I, I hit it running. Yeah, it's like I got it figured out. You know, it's it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. That that's interesting. You say that, uh, you know, the, about driving because uh, it, it never fails. I love doing road trips. Uh, my wife and I, we put our girls in and people are often amazed, you know, that our girls will, you know, go road tripping with us. No problem. But it, it never fails. I, that's when all my ideas start flowing too. my wife is like, yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. We're driving. So, you know, which, what, what are you coming up with? Yeah. It, it's, it's funny uh -huh. that there must be, do you do that, Ben? <laughs> my wife it drives my wife crazy uh, because Ben, because I won't, I won't like turn the radio on. Hello. Like she'll get in the she'll get in like the car that I drive and and like I don't know the battery had gone dead or something like that. Wow, I lost all of you guys. Oh, did, uh -oh. You lose everybody? Did, <laughs> I I can hear you, Ben. Okay. Um. Yeah. Are you there, Ramon? Yeah i I can hear I can hear Caleb and Phil, but no Ben. No I Ben. Hear, huh? I don't. Do you, hear, do you hear Ben, Phil? <laughs> yeah, I do. I have yeah, I got him. Okay. <laughs> Well, oh damn! It's just me. <laughs> well, we'll just you know, you're not missing much. No, I'm just teasing. That, that's why Ramon kept cutting Ben off every time. No, I'm joking. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm joking. We're, we're getting kind of a bad name for that whole cutting off. We're, honestly, we're not doing that on purpose. No, <laughs> I'm joking. I didn't hear. We're, I didn't hear none of that. We're passionate. We're passionate. <laughs> that's called passion. <laughs> so you guys will have to tell me uh, when Ben cues me for the outside. <laughs> Shoot, kind of the same thing. It's, Oh, uh, man. Uh, Sorry, Ben. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> well, the only thing that I was the only thing okay that was, that was uh, awkward silence. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll let you guys go ahead. We'll let yeah. We we were <laughs> you can't hear Ben talking. So Ben Ben's saying oh, he'll just goodness. let us keep chatting. I guess it's <laughs> it's it's the Ramon, Phil, and Caleb show. Here we go. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ben. No, no, that's oh. all right. Well, we are in in about an hour, I think. Okay. Um, I don't know what happened. Yeah, I can't. I can't hear Phil. I mean, uh, I can't hear Ben. Man, yeah, uh, crap. Oh well. Oh well. It's. I, I don't know. I, I. I. I'm mostly. I'm mostly listening anyway. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, Ben. 
Well, cool. I, I forgot where oh. we were going there, but. <laughs> well, I got a kind of a new direction. You, you mentioned, and I know we need to wrap this up soon, um, but just kind of give you a chance if you've got anything going on. Um, you know, you mentioned about teaching. Is there anything in the pipeline? Um, yeah. So I've, I, and you write articles too, right? I mean, you, you write for. Well, um, you know, I, it, 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 I, I do those sort of things when they seem to uh, align. Kind of you know, okay. <clears throat> uh, I've never been one to, uh, you know, try to pitch articles uh, to right. magazines or anything like that. But, but sometimes when, you know, like uh, the couple of articles I wrote for, uh, for Pop Wood, uh, just coming out of conversations, chatting with Megan Fitzpatrick, okay. uh, uh, or, or you know something along those lines. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I've got some things in the pipeline. A couple of couple of things, uh, and, and hopefully they come together. Uh, one of them is uh, I've been chatting with uh, Chris Schwartz for a few years now, and uh, we've been talking about doing a book on Danish modern, and um, so oh, that cool. yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I've, it's something that uh, excites me uh, about thinking about taking, you know, information that I've explored um, and putting it in a format where maybe somebody else will benefit from it. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's you know, it, I, I think that's cool. I think that's worthwhile doing. Um, you know, part, part of yourself says, oh, well, you know, people, they can find this information. But the reality is, is, Boy, I mean, if I calculated all the time I've spent just right. analyzing and compiling this stuff and figuring out little processes, yeah, awesome. boy, who, I mean, who, you know, why not distill that down into something where somebody could sit down into one place? Yeah, yeah. It's all consolidated, right? There. Yeah, and it would be a totally my take on it through my lens, um, and I, which is cool. That's how that's how the craft evolves and and advances. I love that aspect of it yeah, and and I, I appreciate you saying that because part of me uh, you know like Phil you were talking about oh you know somebody has mastered something and you know part of you says at least me anyway you say like oh I'm not an authority on that uh, I'm not right. the guy to be writing on that let somebody else do it um, right. and then mm -hmm. you kind of get to a point where maybe you realize like I don't know if there's anybody else right now <laughs> that's maybe as into this one thing has spent that much time on it. Maybe there's people as passionate about it, but they got a day job. I've been fortunate enough to figure out how to make this part of my living um, and really been able to delve into it. You know, why yeah, not share what you know? Not, yeah, absolutely. I, and I think, I think it's so cool that to be willing to share it, you know, like too many people want to hold on to everything. Like, like, it's mm -hmm. original or something to them so right. you've figured it out because people keep asking me and it, my chair is there's nothing original about my chair at all but i get asked for the rocking chair and for my lounge chair for plans and i i simply usually just say i don't have plans because i actually don't you know and and the idea of putting something together just sounds like a nightmare but recently <laughs> i've been forced yeah. to do it yeah, those, those plans and, are beautiful, man. <laughs> well, and I just figured, I was like, you know what? I am going to offer this because, like Why you not? said, I guarantee you the most people that will build this chair, it won't be a Morley lounge chair. It will be a hybrid. It will be their lounge chair. But what it does is it consolidates all the information I had to figure out. Yeah. 
in one place and it just gives them the confidence to start and i think that's the cool thing is to mm-hmm. help people to start don't think they're going to steal my design and start mass producing it yeah the people that want to steal it and mass produce it they don't need your plan they're just freaking Th- that's that's exactly like, right 100 percent. just just share yeah <laughs> I, I agree with you 100 percent. and and you know, and, and in fact, my whole approach, my desire in showing some of this stuff is not, it's not about, um, hey, here's how to copy a Danish master. Because I think that there's not much, the value in it doesn't come from, here, let's just go and make a bunch of copies of these. And this is what you're going to be. You know, if I was trying to tell people, this is a business model, <laughs> go set up a small man shop and make copies of Danish furniture from the 50s. Um, that's, that would be like the worst recommendation. I mean, (laughs) the the Chinese manufacturers or whatever, I sorry, I hate to blame everything on China, but you know what I mean? What these, these (laughs) these manufacturers that are just, that are just doing, doing, that's, they're already doing that. Um, like the, like the, uh, the Wegner chair that I love to make and talk about the CH25 lounge chair. You can buy one of those, a copy, granted it's a pretty bad one, but a copy for about 800 bucks. There's no way yeah, I would ever yeah. make that chair for eight hundred dollars. Design without, I think Design Without Reach is a company that that does has that chair. I think, but um, I, I might be misquoting that. But yeah, you, I've seen several of those design yeah. chairs, and you can always tell it's not. It's I mean, it's not the same. Right. But, yeah. yeah. So, but th- my take on it is, um, you know, like if you went to an art school, they might say, "Hey, we're going to study uh, this this painting by Van Gogh or." Renoir or, or, you know, whoever we're, we're going to imitate the brush strokes. We're going to show you his method of doing this painting. Uh, not with the intent of like, when you leave art school that you're going to make copies of this right. guy's painting, but no, it, and it'd be, be successful. <laughs> it's, it's, you're going to take from that, uh, learning process, what you decide to take right. from it to develop your own craft. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's right. what I think yeah. that uh, I think people can benefit from looking at Danish furniture because it is different than, let's say, we're going to study a Chippendale chair because that chair was was not mass produced with uh, or wasn't even really produced with the same uh, machinery that we have now. You know, it was a different context. Right. And so, and, and our shops are, are, you know, people are set up differently, you know. And so, so Danish furniture, the technologically advanced tooling that they were using is what most of us have uh, within our own, you know, shop right now. Right. So I think there's something to be taken, you know, uh, or learned from that and that we can apply, you know, in our own craft, uh, mostly for, you know, one man shops. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Uh, looking forward to that one coming out. For sure. Oh, it'll 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 be some years in the pipeline. It'll be a but, while. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah we've we've been talking about it for a, a, probably almost four years now, and it's finally kind of come to a uh, point where where we can make it happen. So two more where years. we can make it happen. Two more years. <laughs> oh, I. It all starts with an idea or a yeah. thought. So that's that's exciting. Very that cool. Is, that's really exciting, I, and I think you, I, you know, I, I know we don't know each other just through kind of, you know, social media and stuff. And, but, uh, just listen to you talk and the passion you have and the knowledge you have, you would be a fantastic teacher. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I appreciate yeah. you saying that. Um, you know, in the coming year, I hope to be, as I develop 
some of these uh, pieces that I want to write about. I really hope to teach it too, because uh, as I mean, yeah. exactly like we've been talking is that that's how you can really refine an idea, uh, distill down right. the best mm -hmm. parts of it. And one of the one of the difficult things uh, about teaching, and, and I'm sure it, as you guys do, you know, the, the curse of knowledge. At least that's what I've heard it called. You know, the curse of you don't know what you know. <laughs> you know, um, and, and and so you you yeah. you forget the the things that uh, you take for granted certain aspects. Yeah, the basic the basic things you take. Yeah, and the worst yeah. thing you could do is try to write on a subject leaving out those little fundamental parts that people really want to know and they need mm -hmm. to know. And you, you, you've left Good a point. hole there. Um, and, yeah. I, and I think that's where teaching, whenever you get in front of uh, several students that ask you the same question that you overlook, well, now you know, I've got to explain this, you know. And right. Because you're assuming, you're, you're, yeah. you're jumping ahead, assuming <laughs> that they know some of these basics. Oh, oh man. And you just amazing. breeze right over. Right. Yeah. And, well, I, I remember a good example of that, and this is very basic because I, I teach a, a beginning class and an advanced class, um, and these are just night classes for a community mm -hmm. college, and and then we started our own little furniture school, uh, the Austin Furniture School thing. But and, and that's where we're going back to. What excites me more about that school is we go back to basics, like you know, straight back to the basics. Like here's a here's a friggin' tape measure, and it's crazy how many people don't even know why at the end of the tape measure yeah <laughs> right why would they <laughs> right you know and that's things like why would they and i and i remember shooting by that and i would see students they'd be hooking a measurement and i'll look at their hand and i'm like they're pushing the tape to them but they're mm -hmm. hooking and yeah. it's just polite what are you doing <laughs> I've, with your tape, I've seen man? guys glue glue those yeah, right. yes. yeah, oh, this yes. is made yeah. sloppy, right? Yeah, this is made yeah. sloppy. It's broken. No matter what brand I use. Yeah. Absolutely. But it's that thing of, that it's, yeah, what you don't know what you know. And it, it really is, when you start teaching, that comes very apparent. People, right. will, and, and as long as you lead it with, just if you think it's stupid, ask it, you know? Yeah. And they do, and you're like, oh, wow, I jumped right over that. You know, let's back up. Exactly. <laughs> Or, or even, or even mentioning to a student that you know I don't know what you know, so I might be saying something that is really obvious. Right. So I, I have to. Start yeah, you kind of have to calibrate with the student. Where's this person at? Right. And and and, yeah. and their skill level. Yeah. yeah. And they're all, and they could all be different. I mean, I had, you oh. know, I had girls in this marketry class that had never done woodworking whatsoever, and so it was really kind of good and kind of bad because. On one hand, you know, they didn't have any bad habits. They didn't have their own ideas. And it was interesting. The girls seemed to do better than the guys with the marketry. It was almost like the guys were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know what you're talking about. I got Girls always. And, and they, they didn't want to listen as much. <laughs> and the girls were very intrigued and they wanted, okay, what am I? And they would learn faster. And it was, that was, that was interesting to me. I, I don't know what it is, but I, I, I've been teaching for probably five, six years um, at the community college. And I tend to have students come out to work with me every now and then to, so they can develop more skills. And it's usually, it's the girls. And it's not yeah. because they're cute or something. It's that they just have something a lot of the guys don't. And I'm not sure what that is, but it, it tends to be, I've noticed that over and over mm -hmm. again. You know, it's, it's, it, it is, it's really interesting. And maybe some of the guys, I think, just have a little attitude. That's what's I, I think it is a, 
it's like you know a guy doesn't want to ask directions or something <laughs> i don't know what it is you know when they're lost in a big city <laughs> you, you know what i you know what i think that mentality you know what i think and i and i think there definitely is some uh, level to that i kind of think of it as like uh, i remember i had a basketball coach and and i'd never really been a basketball player and I had coach say, hey, you know, you're, you're pretty good at some of these other sports. Why don't you come play for the basketball team? And I thought, nah, I'm not a basketball guy. But he got in there, and one of the, one of the reasons he really liked working with me that he noticed is I didn't have all these bad habits. And, right. and, and I think you were touching on that, Ramon. And I think uh, a lot of guys get introduced into it as in a, at a younger age. They get kind of brought in like whatever uncle, dad, whatever sh- showing them. Sure. And yeah, so they yeah. pick up a lot of these bad habits or things early on. And it's hard to, t- you know, convince people that they need to do it or they should start from a different uh, approach to something. Hey, yeah. this is, yeah. you know, so I remember right. this coach saying like, you know, these guys know, they, they think they know how to dribble, but they don't. And I can't, I can't train <laughs> them the right way because they're, been doing it the wrong way so long so yeah, yeah i think that is one of the advantages that uh, that a lot of these women have is that they haven't they haven't started out with these all all these bad habits i remember when i used to hire employees at my brother's shop i would gladly take a guy that had zero experience over one that had experience with a bunch of bad habits oh. and was kind of set in his yeah. ways yeah. and and didn't want to listen to to you know to our approach yeah. so it, there's yeah there's a lot of um i'm still working you know, there's a lot of bad habits through not knowing <laughs> <laughs> what's that i'm still working on my bad habits <laughs> <laughs> but if your bad habits work <laughs> oh, no. there, there, there goes back more, more than one way to do it right yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. That's that's a challenge working for somebody else. You know, you got to do it their way. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's and then, you know what I mean. I know we're kind of getting off on stuff, but that is where I had a great mentor, fantastic mentor, and I worked with him for seven years. Um, and he was self-taught, but I I excelled when I worked for myself, and I think it's it's that whole deal of. It's for myself. Mm. I, it, mm-hmm. Everything is you. Like if it does, if it goes well, that's on you. If it goes crap, that's on you. But that's okay. It's your thing. You're not wasting someone else's time, money, and that's why I would just take more risks. And it was, it was kind of. Uh, I mean, it's just, yeah, it was, it was eye opening. And and I, you know, and I think a part of it was stupid because my mentor would just told me like, "What are you talking about? You could have just done that." And I probably could have, but in the back of my head, I was, I'm working for him. And if I mess this up, this is time, this is money, and I feel guilty. Yeah, you'd hesitate. It, you know? Yeah, to take sure. the bull by the horn sort yeah. of thing, yeah. Well, uh, gents, we probably need to wrap this up because I want to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could have easily made this uh, a, a two-hour two show. I know, right? But I feel um... bad because Ben's not. <laughs> poor, poor Ben, man. He's, oh, I'm, he's... I'm just well, we... fine. I'm just... <laughs> just listening in. Well, what we'll do is Ben can talk and we'll tell Ramon. Okay, that's, that's we're going to have to do because we had too much silence here. Ramon's going to start going at it again. He's like, I'm going to fill it in. Or you can just tell me what he said. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, this, this has been uh, an absolute uh, pleasure uh, to have you on, man. It's, uh, it, I'm feeling, I want to go into my shop right now. 
<laughs> yeah, I want to. I want to get on your feet and start uh, exploring more. Oh, I've been doing it yeah. this whole time. It's, it's J- jump on my jump on my blog if you want to see some of the funny stuff <laughs> to, to go way back. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just went way back on Ben's uh, Instagram. Man, you looked a young, lo- a younger back then. Ben. <laughs> 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 oh. All right, man. We really appreciate you, Caleb. Um, this has been fantastic. Yeah. Um, thanks for having me Uh, once again thanks a ton for checking out Woodworkers Podcast we absolutely appreciate it if you have any questions you can shoot us an email and that email address is contact at woodworkerspodcast.com there you can also leave leave, uh, feedback and input on the show as well as suggestions on topics for future shows so on behalf of Ben, Phil and Caleb I'm Ramon (laughs) And we'll see you on the next episode of Woodworkers Podcast. Thanks, guys. See ya. Awesome, guys. Appreciate it. Ciao.